Let's visit the 90s all over again. Put on those hammer pants. This is Dope Nostalgia. Welcome back to my friend James P. White and to all of you as we go through the Billboard Top 10 of each year of 1990. We have now landed on 1998. We're so close to the end now, James. I feel I feel like I'm going to know more in the 98-99. Yeah, what were you doing then? I, it was, I was getting close, like I was on the verge of changing things like it late 99 is when i started with the basketball team ah early 2000 yeah well on 1999 me you can tell everybody about the basketball team because that was pretty cool i like those stories yeah because i can't remember what year i started i keep conflicting if it was the end of 99 or the end of 2000 <laughs> but yeah mm. Uh, 98. I think I was turning 20-ish because I remember being around 20 when like Backstreet Boys came out and stuff. So I think that's where I was at. So I was partying. I was working at Pizza Hut still. Being a manager at the Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Having good times with friends. It was, it was a very good time. So we're going to start with our number 10 song of that year, 98. Ah, now there was a little show on called Dawson's Creek. Did you watch that? Maybe one or two episodes. Mm -hmm. Was what's her name in that one? Um, Katie Holmes. Yes. Yes, she was James Vanderbeek. Um, some what's his name? Jackson. He's a pretty big actor too. Anyway, yeah, those guys were all were all in the uh, the Dawson's Creek. It's not a show I watched. Like I said, at that time I wasn't watching all TV. I was just partying. <laughs> yeah. Music, Pizza Hut, partying. That was my life. All right, this song is number ten. This is Paula Cole. I don't want to wait. Which was oh, the theme song. This, this was the theme song to Dawson's yes. Creek. Yes. Didn't she also do a song called Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? I think so. She had two babies. She had a cool, pretty unique one was voice. Six, one's one was three. In the world of 44. Every telephone ring. She looks cool. I suppose we got to get to the chorus for this one because all those Dawson's Creek fans. Was it what was Katie Holmes' character name? Was it Pacey? Pacey and I, Dawson? I think so. Yeah, man. This is very medieval. 
very medieval or maybe not medieval that's not the word to use what what era does this video look like it's in uh renaissance-ish yeah you know your eras um where have all your cowboys gone she did that one in the same year probably same album same year what's that same album likely uh yes wow well that was paula cole's year let me tell you I'm sure she's still quite active as a musician. I'm thinking, I, I find that most musicians just from doing this show, that even if they only had one or two major hits in their career that charted, they stay musicians and they keep writing, performing, making new music throughout their lives. Releasing. Mm-hmm. Touring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially now that you could do all these virtual shows and do. Uh, shows from home or shows uh, like that's mm-hmm. one thing that COVID has really because uh, like on our radio show we've talked to artists and like they you know wrote new music and did virtual like Garth Brooks was huge virtual that's why they ended up doing a tour again mm-hmm. so he's always all over mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah it's the COVID actually messed up a lot of things, but for musicians, taught them how to adapt and how to get, still get in front of people without getting in front of people. Exactly. Um, and it taught us all how to use this kind of technology too. So some of us haven't gone back from it. It's been easier to do podcasting through Zoom than doing it in person. And, and even like with us on our radio show, uh, we do a lot of that too. Like when we do interviews, we'll interview them on Zoom mm-hmm. and put it out as a as a video and use the audio. And mm-hmm. like we've done that with tons of musical artists. Uh, we have we had uh, twice already. Victor Quee from the Edmonton Elks, mm-hmm. and and it's a cool way of doing it. It's brings a totally different level to it and not I think the people that don't get into it are going to be left behind yeah I don't think it's just a pandemic trend because honestly it just kind of forced everybody to learn how to do it who didn't know how to do it already yeah and now it's just kind of become a way of life yeah convenience you know and uh yeah I like it um shit what was I gonna say I remember we were talking about uh oh, we oh, well. take a take a sip of our drink and roll cheers <laughs> cheers <laughs> oh yeah um just that yeah i feel like a lot of artists were were more available during the pandemic um because they weren't on tour they had nowhere to go available and working on music that was pretty yeah. much what they were up to um, I always, I want to throw this in because I always forget to tell people, um, that's one of our episodes of this nostalgia podcast was, uh, our, my guest was Allie Col- Colleen, Allie Colleen. She's an up and coming country star. Um, and the reason I had her on the show is because she had deep family roots in the nineties. So she had a lot to say about like some of the nineties influences on her life, you know, the female artists that she loved as a child but the one thing that i didn't express is that she is garth brooks daughter 
Yeah. Right. Because I mean, she's trying to make it on her own without that name attached. Cause, cause the thing is, is yeah, she wants to do it on her own and I get it. And she's so good. She, and she's, she's the type of chick that you want to go and like have a beer with. Yeah, you know, like, I, I saw that interview and she did. She seemed like a cool chick that you can go have a beer with. Like you just hang out and like her song, like Pink Lemonade. It's it's about like sex. It's like she's she doesn't hold back. She's really out there and grown up and doing her thing. So if you guys get a chance to check out Allie Colleen, please do. She's awesome. Uh, I don't know why I went there, but <laughs> she's really freaking cool. I was thinking about Garth Brooks for when we were talking about him. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? Number nine. We're back into the R and B territory, James. I think you know this. Oh, oh the ush. <laughs> the ush. Ursher. Ursher Raymond. Really? Was this still? This was still like his first album. Holy. Okay. He was pretty young. And he was singing real sexual. His first single was that, um, I think it's called This Is What You Do. This might have been his second single. But this song is still very popular. I know it's, I know of it, but again, it's not my cup. Look how young he looks there. A lot of people could thought Usher was very heavily Michael Jackson influenced, but with more of a sexy edge to him. People said that kind of thing about Chris Brown too. But Usher's the guy who put out Justin Bieber. Was it Usher? Yeah. Justin Bieber had been, you know, hanging out in the streets of what town is he from again? <laughs> Somewhere in, Tur- in Ontario. All right. Okay. Someone's going to give me some hate mail or call our hotline. 780-851-8785. Tell me where Justin Bieber's from because I totally forgot. And yeah, Justin, I don't know if Justin submitted a YouTube video or sent something to Usher. Got his attention. Usher met with him, got him going. Just like that. I didn't think it was Usher. I thought it was somebody else. There was somebody else that was involved in Justin Bieber's coming up, but Usher is the one who's credited with it. Hold on, let's look. Um, London, Ontario. No, he's not from. That's London. where he was born. Okay, that's not where he grew up, though. Because he he tells he says he's from a certain town, but it's not London. Stratford. Um, Stratford, Ontario. You got it. Stratford, Ontario, is like. Uh, but an hour outside of London. Okay, so Justin's from Stratford, and here's how it went down. So, 
Um, Scooter Braun was a former marketing executive of So So Deaf Recordings, clicked on one of Bieber's YouTube videos by accident and then was impressed. Tracked, Braun tracked down the theater Bieber was performing at, located Bieber's school, basically stalked him, and finally contacted his mother. Um, so then, yeah. Whoa, listen to this. So Braun contacted his mother, Mallette, who was initially reluctant. This is a Wikipedia, so take it with a grain yeah. of salt because of Braun's Judaism. She remembered praying, God, I gave him to you. You could send me a Christian man, a Christian label. And God, you don't want this Jewish kid to be Justin's man, do you? What? However, church elders convinced her to let Bieber go with Braun. Really? And at age 13, Beaver went to Atlanta, Georgia with Braun to record demo tapes and Beaver began singing for Usher one week later. That's and then insane. the other one who was in the running was Justin Timberlake. Timberlake was reportedly also running to sign Beaver, but lost the bidding war to Usher partly due to the idea that the two associated Justins would confuse the market. Huh. Also, also different style of music too. Uh, Justin, uh, Justin, back in the time had a little bit more of a hip hop feel, whereas Justin uh, Timberlake was still more pop ish. Honestly, I have to disagree with you. I think it was the other way around. Really? I think that Timberlake was approaching more of an R and B career, and. Bieber was putting out pop music like baby, baby, baby. Oh, maybe it was kind of the other way around. But I don't know. I think they both. But Justin Timberlake comes from a background of pop music, obviously, Mm -hmm. with his ventures in Mickey Mouse Club and NSYNC. So he knew all about he would have been a great person to also raise Bieber. Yeah. It worked out either way. <laughs> so yeah, that's the Usher Bieber story. Okay, I gotta ask you ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think Biebs has surpassed Usher? Hundred percent. The thing that's actually surprising to me about Justin Bieber is the fact that he's still successful. Like I thought with all of his antics, uh, just being the cult personality that he has and the reputation that he's gone through as as he was growing up and getting into trouble and stuff, I thought the public would be sick of him by now and they're not. Because he kind of changed his thing and now he's married and he's kind of calmed down a little bit, not being as... yeah. You also got to remember, he started his career as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And so, oh, no doubt. So he was growing up as a teenager, and we all have our rebellious times as a teenager. Mm -hmm. He just had millions of dollars behind him when he's being a rebellious teenager. That's what happens with all these young stars millions of dollars, and everyone around you is yes men. Nobody, you need to keep people around you that don't, uh, that, that'll be that aren't scared of telling you. Yeah. No, that, that'll be honest and say, maybe you shouldn't do that. The hangers on, they'll, 
do anything that you want, they'll be like, yeah, sure. So some of the, some of the people who've been successful are still okay today because they've had those people, the right people in their corner. And then sometimes people go through some of the horrific things. Brittany thought she had the right people in her corner. Her family should have been the right people in her corner. And even they sold her out. So that's a mess. <laughs> yeah. But they also were able to fight to, to get her control over her stuff. And it became of them controlling her money. Mm. It's really how I kind of look at it. Well, there might have been a time where she needed the assistance a little bit, but they held those reins oh, for she was way a too long. Show. They need they held those reins for way too long. Yeah, like and she they, a, they expected too much out of her. Like she lost control of her kids to, uh, you know, because she was such a gong show. And then she started cleaning herself up and started doing and yeah, no, but this is That's just an totally example of story. It's true, but it's just an example of what these people go through. You know, when you get that famous, that young, that quick, I can't even imagine how difficult it is. Yeah. So I will never judge. <laughs> no. All right. Let's go on to number eight. This was in the last countdown, the same song. It was really? number one in 1997. Number eight in 98 Elton John Candle in the Wind it was a huge song yeah and when you think about that that's so Princess Diana passed away at the end of August and then her funeral would have been in September October November December into 98 and it's still number one in the charts still I can I can see that <laughs> mm-hmm well, this had some fantastic, huge staying power and it sold a lot of copies. So no surprise yeah. there. Um, we're not going to play it again because we did. Just, yeah. Number seven. Yeah. Oh, sorry, James. Go ahead. We played it for the people that were watching the last episode. So that just means but the people that are listening, that means that they better listen to the last episode. Yeah, they have to listen to the 1997 billboard episode we're going now to number seven with a group called casey and jojo do you know about casey and jojo it doesn't sound familiar to me casey and jojo uh, so man, once you hear this song you probably know but i believe that they were members of a group called jodeci and then broke out on their own as this duo it was pretty cool It's a very pretty ballad. They look sharp. Oh, they got string section there. It's beautiful. I don't know this song at all. Yeah? Not at all. Even with this chorus? Yeah. Oh, 
It's a smash. Okay, so Casey and JoJo, yeah, like like they had a couple singles and a, and a successful album, but I'm pretty sure that they came from Jodeci, who is back together touring. Pretty sweet. Number six, a megastar, pop royalty. Oh, huge! And this video is insane. If I remember correctly, this is off the album The Velvet Rope. Miss Jackson. And beyond, oh, this is like in a widescreen, wide, wide, widescreen. Michael was huge, mm-hmm. but she was at points at par with him. I think, oh, in my personal opinion, yeah. I agree with you. I like think he had, I think he had more hits, but I actually kind of liked her, uh, some of her music better than his. Oh yeah, I think she really proved herself that she could stand alone from the Jackson family and her brother. Especially when Rhythm Nation came out. Because it could just kind of prove that like, she wasn't just the little sister. No, she had things she, to say. And, but she had it, and she did it in her own way. Mm-hmm. She did follow some of the... Some of like the choreography and stuff that was big at this time. Mm-hmm. Like the choreography, like these dance choreography. Well, she, this was really big had- in the 90s. She had really, really good choreographers. I think Tina Landon was her choreographer during that time. It was really, really good. Um, Paula Abdul was her choreographer back in the beginning before Paula did her own music and, career. And Paula was huge. Like, I was a mm-hmm. fan of Paula. I love Paula. They, they kind of seemed to pit Paula and Janet against each other as rivals, but that didn't make any sense. I kind no? of get it it's the same thing as pitting the boy bands against each other and pitting because they're such huge and you want it's either it's either them it's either them or me it's either like it sells records i kind of get it it's just like it kind of is the same thing as radio like i like i know a lot of people in radio like especially in the mornings and i'm friends with them Mm -hmm. but we're on air we're enemies like 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 we we are competing for the same they're competing for listeners i'm competing for listeners but i'm friends with these people but mm-hmm. we it's the same thing you can be friends with them but it's just business wise you're kind of yeah. they're your competition they they put out a lot of it's it's a record company ploy to create hype you know and because a lot of but these artists, you talk the to them now, like, 
and they'll tell you, well, we didn't have any beef with those guys or that person. No. After these messages, we'll be right back. Dope Nostalgia listeners, I love you and I thank you so much for being a part of this show and its success over the last two years. We have what's called Patreon for those who want to support the show financially. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a subscriber and get bonus content, early podcast release, all kinds of cool behind the scenes stuff, and more. There's different tiers of membership starting at only $1 a month. And we even have some special merch for you guys who are in it for the long run. So please join our Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com forward slash dope nostalgia. Tonight, from wherever in the world you are listening, give a big hand for your host, Hello, I'm Easy Bigby May from Price Tag Pod, and I'm so excited to be a part of the Dope Nostalgia Podcast. Price Tag Pod is a new cheesy game show podcast due to release on April 2nd. Price Tag Pod attempts to put a price tag on your dignity, and to do this, the show breaks down into three easy parts. First, we ask our guests 11 uniquely ridiculous questions. 376 pounds. Uh, you have edible glitter in all of your drinks for life. Oh, no. who, who would agree to that? No, never. $500, Tim. Oh, $500. For the whole of next year, you have to have a mullet and a mustache. Ooh. $100. Would you drink from your best friend's toilet bowl? Oh. Next, we negotiate a price. £110. I think it's definitely worth more. How much you got, pal? Give me, give me a number. Let's do two hours of your pay then. Let's do $22. $2201. I'll take 2201 Alright, we'll do 2201 You just want a weird number, right? Then at the end of the show, we calculate the total. $370,784.95. You were worth 395717 bucks. Nice. That's like almost a two-bedroom condo where I live. And that's it. We have fun, the guests have fun, and we see how cheap or expensive people's self-worth really is. To follow the show, just type price tag pod into your friendly neighborhood Google engine and we'll show up somewhere. Have a great week and we'll see you on the show. No little cinnamon gum freshens breath longer than Big Red. So kiss a little longer, stay close a little longer, hold tight a little longer. Now, number five, this surprises me even more than Candle in the Wind. Candle in the Wind actually didn't surprise me, but we've got Leanne Rhymes back again with How Do I Live in 1998 at number five. How did this happen? Because <laughs> I didn't think it was that big. That's weird. That, that is weird. Because... Con Air came out in 97. Mm -hmm. 
when we established that the single came out in the end of May of 97, both yeah. Leanne's and Trisha Yearwood's versions. So that's basically a whole half year. And then it's still high on the charts into 98. I Interesting. Don't, Unless I don't Leanne totally Rimes re-released it on something else the next year. Hard to say. I don't understand it <laughs> i'm just gonna roll with it i'm not gonna stress yeah, yeah no let's <laughs> not stress if you want to see the song if you want to see the song go to the previous episode yeah that's right we're up at number four and uh i believe these guys are from australia i want to say savage garden you've heard of savage garden no, not at all. I, I, I've lived in a cave for years. This oh. song is so popular that I don't think it even needs to be played because I feel like everyone knows it. This oh, yeah. is probably the biggest hit they had. They come out of the gate with that Chicka Cherry Cola song, yeah. I Want You. I don't know if they had another song before this one came out, but when this one came out, it was huge. Three hundred and eighty-five million views of this video. That's pretty cool. No wonder I can't get this guy on the show. <laughs> oh, sad. So I feel classic. like, this, it's a I wedding feel like song. this song is in a movie. Oh, it's probably in a we, lot of movies. There we go. I did, just couldn't figure out. Yeah. Notebook. Is it in the notebook of, of all of all romance movies? The notebook. Like the one that is like. But I feel it was in a B movie that I've watched. That's kind of a. <laughs> uh that it was in too. Do you think the B movie could afford this song? Maybe. It had Dana Delaney. From China Beach? Yeah, and also Rose, uh, Rosie McDonald uh, and uh, what's his name? Uh, one of the Ghostbusters. He lives in Ontario. Her, Dan Aykroyd. Oh, Dan Aykroyd and his Skull Vodka. It's called Exit to Eden. Oh, that's the BDSM movie. Yes. It's, it's, it's a that? comedy, right? Yeah. How did you know How, that? I haven't seen it. I just remember seeing the cover yeah, and yeah, going, yeah. Ooh, what's that was... about? So I should probably I've, see it. <laughs> I've, I kind of enjoyed that movie. <laughs> Is it a B movie? Oh, I thought it had a major release. Maybe, but it's just it's like not a lot of people know about it or... Mm. No, I remember the cover because the cover is very striking, especially if yes. you've never seen SM before. What is this? What is this? What are they doing? Yes. You know, it's not like I have a leash, a leash or, or a ball gag here at all. No. 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 You never. <laughs> 
So I think that Savage Garden song, Truly Madly Deeply, has been everywhere and anywhere. And it's oh, probably nice. been in a lot Huge of movies. Song. Huge every song. romantic moment and every wedding and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, classic should be in this top 10 list. We're moving on to number three, which is going to excite the shit out of you. <laughs> oh, come on. Awesome. Uh, this is James. James, would you say she's your fave? Oh, and oh yeah. yeah she's <laughs> I, I still, yeah. If she if she asked me to move in with her, I'd I'd quit all my jobs. I'd change my name. <laughs> James Twain. James Twain. I'm actually surprised it's this song. Because I thought some of her other songs were more memorable and bigger. That haven't been on this chart. But that being said, she came out as a country artist. And she was eventually the became crossover. So this might have been her first crossover into the pop billboard chart. Oh, I knew she I, I knew she did a duet on this one. From this moment on. Yeah. No, but she did a duet with this. I know uh, with uh, you're still the one. She did a couple of versions, uh, one with Elton John. What? Live? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it was live. I don't know, but I'm very distracted by the man in this video. <laughs> That's why I'm not looking. But Shania's there. You have you have eye candy. She's your girlfriend. Hey, Shania is your, your celebrity girlfriend. Oh, I, oh, she's... Jordan Knight's my celebrity boyfriend. Oh, she's my huge, uh, like, celebrity crush. Like, mm. singer crush, she's she's the top of the list. Oh, Shania's fantastic. But I thought it would be, as like I said, I thought it would be one of her other songs, like, Man, I Feel Like a Woman or something. But it's... It's just that maybe it's because those were country, considered country. And at some point it changed over to her hitting the pop charts. Um, I'm just trying to think what album this was on this. I think this was on um, Come On Over. Yeah, it was Come On Over. Mm -hmm. And on that album, that album, there was a lot of very country but on coming over she had a she had some duets that she did on that one mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken from this but moment she, on was off that with brian white uh but no that one wasn't on this album that was on uh uh the 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 woman other, and me the woman and me oh i'm pretty sure you know people are gonna be like do you know what you're talking about? Not at all. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the locker room. Um, <laughs> we have we have to do our homework as we go. I'm pretty sure from this moment on is off of off of come on over because it's not on the woman in me. Okay, so come on over had from this moment on. Oh, it did. It was mm -hmm. on come on over. Mm -hmm. It was. Oh. It was the, the track listing for come on over. Sixteen songs. It was a big album. And a lot of them were huge. <laughs> huge hits. 
hardly any just album tracks. Like it was a lot of hits. So like fantastic. Man, I, man, I feel like a woman. I sing that especially good first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be stupid. Love mm-hmm. gets me every time from this moment. She had two releases, one with with Brian White and one she did on her own. Oh yeah. Honey I'm home. Rock, I like this, honey, I'm home. rock this country, of course. Uh come on over and don't be stupid. Yeah. They're all so good. Wow. Yeah. She's that don't impress me much. There's on there, I think there's only like four songs that really didn't become hits. Just because they were album tracks, that's it. They just weren't released as singles. I mean, I don't think there's a, such a thing as an album where every song was a single, but if someone knows, correct me if I'm wrong. Because I think that's a lot of singles <laughs> to have. But, so that makes sense that, that it would be here because she'd release a he- like a heavier duty or song like one that like a, a rock a huge country whatever and then she'd do a ballad and then she'd do another big like you know yeah. man i feel like a woman and then she'd do you know from this moment like it was like she was very diverse in that way yeah, and at no, some point, at, at at some points in the Billboard charts, she had multiple songs. Maybe not in the top ten, but she had multiple within the top, within the Billboard charts for sure. Mm-hmm. No, I think uh, she's a superstar. I That's definitely had a story. crush, and I still kind of <laughs> do. I guess you I kind of have a feeling. I know. What, I kind of have a feeling that I know what your favorite on this chart's going to be, but we're almost at the top. We're at number two now with a song that you and I talked about earlier because I mentioned the artist Monica was on the chart back in like 94, 95, back when we were doing that one. Okay, yeah. And I mentioned the song to you that Brandy and Monica had done this duet together. And I think we had watched a clip of it then. <laughs> oh, we did. Yes. But I've, I remember seeing something to the effect of down the road... This has got to be in the top 10. And here it is, number three. No, number two. This is number two. And the the love triangle in this video, the, the male is uh, Mackay Pfeiffer, I believe. You know Mackay Pfeiffer? Yes. He's in like he's in like Eight Mile and a bunch of other movies. Oh yeah, the girls are chilling out with their own friends, talking about that other one. I love him. This- Fuck that girl. I love him. Were you gonna say something? Um, this has a feel of an Aaliyah song. Oh yeah, 
I think Aaliyah probably. Like, like it has. She's coming out around that time. I think the name of the song I'm thinking of is Love, Love Don't Cost a Thing, or is that somebody else? That's J-Lo. Okay, maybe it's J-Lo. That's okay. That's what we're here for, my friend. The education. The memories and the should, education. We should educate ourselves before we do the podcast. We don't bother. We just go, I thought this happened, and I thought that happened. <laughs> and then we look it up as we go. This, this is definitely a good song i kind of get why why it's why it's so high in the list because mm-hmm. it's two powerhouses yeah exactly they're incredible and just the way they they played off of each other it's cool to see it's really cool to see and it was just a fun track obviously these two girls are friends in real life so i thought it was a really cool M- meeting of the minds it was awesome Number one, we have arrived. I know this song was big. It was exciting. I loved it. I'm just surprised that it's number one over some of the other choices like The Boy Is Mine. But it's a cool tune. This song was featured in my episode with Kendra where we talked about sexy, dirty, shocking lyrics of the 90s. Because when we were listening to this when we were younger, we had no idea what the song was really talking about. (laughs) Like we weren't really paying attention to the lyrics. This song is about like when a guy comes up to girls at a club and like dances with her and starts like grinding against them and like she can feel their dick. Oh, (laughs) it's called Too Close. It's a song by the group Next. So I think you would have heard this, but if you listen to these lyrics now, James, if you haven't heard the song before, at least you'll know that going into it what the song is about filthy nasty see this isn't the actual song this is just the intro to the video I I don't know why this part even happens maybe it's kind of like promoting one of their other songs at the same time in this video here we go Why do people have to talk through all the intros? <laughs> Please tell me you've stripped to this song. I had to learn it as I went, but I think I did. <laughs> yes! This is such a good stripper song. But- I'd never heard it before. Yes, it was a it was a private party, and, and they picked the music. They wanted to pick the music, and this was one of them. But it was funny. I went from a Rod Stewart song to one of these. <laughs> Which Rod Stewart song? Uh, no, because the first half of my uh, of the stripper list was Rod Stewart because they were going to a stripper. Uh, they were going to see Rod Stewart. Oh, okay. I want before we wrap up this episode too. I also want to go over these lyrics. 
Listen to the very last line in this chorus coming up right now. You're making it hard for me. So basically it's uh Yeah. Oh, the songs on you requested, you're dancing like you're naked. It's almost like we're sexing. <laughs> yeah, boo, I like it. No, I can't deny it. Yeah, it's it's oh, and then the girls part where the girls sing. Step back, you're dancing kind of close. I feel a little poke coming through on you. So let me now, ask you let me ask you a question about this. Mm-hmm. Um would this song be cool? Would it be allowed now? Like with the whole Me Too? Uh, That's a very good there's, question. There's some songs that aren't played because they're too, you know, you're forcing yourself, you know, you're getting, yeah. the, you're making me uncomfortable. That's a very good question. Um, I'm trying I to think see, it would all be. the girls, all the girls parts on here. Um, yeah, actually, that might be that might be a bit problematic because like uh, the next girl part was like when the guy goes, I love when you shake it like that. And then she says, I see that you sh- like it like that. And he says, I love when you shake it like that. And she says, I see that you like it like that. She's not saying she's liking it. She just sees that he likes it. Yeah. yeah. At no point in the song does she go, yeah, I want that. You know, she's just like, ooh, step back. You're kind of close. Like it's, ah. it does have a me too kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Even though it's I questionable have... and problematic yes. possibly. So yes. I'm, I'm not stripping to this one anymore. Nope. Don't do it. <laughs> but it was the number one song of 1998. And so look how far we have come in time. And if we look back at this year in this top 10, which I'm going to present one more time here so you can take a look at it. What is your favorite song on this list? <laughs> you, you're kind of evil. You don't have to just pick one. I'm not going to say you're still the one because that's not one of my favorite of her tunes. Whoa. I love her. I love that song. But I have to I have to go with Together Again, Janet. Nice. That's a cool track. I'm going to go with a tie between Together Again by Janet and The Boy Is Mine, Brandy and Monica. That's that's what I'm feeling. There's a tie there for me. I can't pick a better one. I agree with you. I love Shania Twain. I'm not a big but, fan but of that this, song. But this is not one of the this is not one of the songs that you want to hear at a party. Mm-hmm. No. Maybe if maybe if you're slow dancing with your boyfriend, maybe or girlfriend. Um, yeah. But no, you want to hear you know come on over. You want to hear you know any of those ones some bops not the ballad yeah well jimmy thank you again for being here with me today for this 1998 review we only have one year left yeah bye bye
Hey kids, put down that Tamagotchi and listen for a second. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at NostalgiaDope, Instagram at Dope underscore Nostalgia. Visit our website at www.dopenostalgia.com or pick up the phone and call us at 780-851-8785. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.